the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. I love these days. I absolutely adore these days. When stories intersect and the proof is undeniable. The bastardization of our America that we so proudly loved and so rightfully understood, there was a reason the youngest country was the richest. Because it had the smallest government. Now it took 246 years to overthrow capitalism and the individual, but make no mistake of it, unfortunately it's been done. Now can it be undone is the question. I say it can. Through the knowledge of the people, through the insistence that the corporatism and corruption we're calling a government stops immediately. Immediately. Now, it's easy to talk about the 40% of unemployment that has been stolen. Stolen, over 40%. $300 billion in the last year of unemployment money stolen. We don't even know what PPP is, but we'll get the data. I know it'll be staggering. It'll be outrageous because, after all, that's what the government does. It loses money. It corrupts things. It's, in essence, more interested in enriching those bureaucrats that occupy government than functioning as an arbiter of true, true lawful capitalism. That's not what it's good at. It's good at corrupting the system. So Jim Cramer's in the news. Now, Jim Cramer, if you've heard me talk about him in the past, is, my, is, is the perfect example of a fraud. Jim Cramer is a fraud. He always has been. Jim Cramer started out as a reporter on Wall Street. That's all he did. He reported on the market. That he wants you to believe that through his curiosity, he became a wonderful hedge fund manager. That is a lie. Through his reporting, he met a woman who was a wonderful hedge fund manager. And that's his claim to fame. He married into success. Jim Cramer is today what he has always been, a reporter, a propagandist, and a fraud. So when he talks, it means nothing. His show is a circus. That's all it is. His show, he gets on, he blows horns. It's a comedy act. And by the way, if you look at what his show has done, I think it's closer to insider trading than it is a show on the market in total. So Jim Cramer comes out and he has an opinion because he's blaming vaccines, he's blaming COVID for market declines. What Jim Cramer does not want to tell you, because I do believe he has the gravitas to understand what he's doing, is that for a year and a half, this country has been faking an economy by trying to artificially replace the velocity of money. 
which cannot be replaced by governments. After all, we learned this a 100 years ago. Yet these stupid idiots that call themselves Democrats want you to believe history starts today. And they finally know what they're doing. They just need all of the control. And they're wrong again. And they prove themselves wrong day in and day out. For instance, Jim Cramer doesn't want you to know that CEOs and insiders have sold a record amount of stocks. People who actually created the companies, work in the companies, that's what caused the sell-off today. He wants you to think it's because, what, they have some virus in California and it's the moronic variant, whatever they're calling it. It's not, it's not the case. It's because they're staring down the barrel of Marxism, of socialism, of the Fourth Reich. And one thing is for sure, as bad as things are today, this is the best it's going to be in the four years of the Biden failures, foibles, and follies. As this dimwit meanders through the destruction of America as we knew it. That's just the fact. The evidence is all around you. So this is no big deal. An 800-point turnaround. The market should have never been up that 400 points in the first place. So what I do is a little different. People are going to play you the Jim Cramer clips like this from yesterday. Until the federal government gets serious and starts requiring vaccinations nationwide, you better get used to more COVID variant freakouts like we had last Friday. And then this fraud goes on to say the military should advance it and there should be nobody in charge of the property over their body. And he spews what he always spews, the government agenda. That is Cramer's job and shows like his. And the reason I refuse to listen to anything, this fraud who married his success. See, these aren't men to me. They marry their wives, their trust fund wives, or in his case, a woman who actually is a fantastic hedge fund manager. He's, he doesn't know anything about markets. He has to call his wifey. Hi, honey. What's for dinner? And can you tell me what happened? Because I'm an idiot. That's what his phone calls to his wife really sound like. But I remember in 2009, when the collapse really happened, I remembered that at that point, I'm sorry, excuse me, 2008, at that point was the moment in time that this country had a decision to make. It was either going to be a country based in principles and law, or it was going to go the way of all of the socialist European kind of quasi-Keynesian nations, where the government is the hub of all prosperity. And it was thanks to a Republican, a dimwit by the name of George W. Bush, who went on to tell you he had to break the rules of capitalism, and you remember exactly what happened. And here we are, what? Twelve years later, on the verge of 12 years later, 13 years later, and it's only the result of their failures that we're experiencing now. Now, sure, there was this massive push-up, and I'm here to tell you, it's all government centralized. It's all government controlled. These companies that make up the Dow Jones, every single one of the 30 companies are underwritten by the government. They don't want you to know, and by they, I mean the frauds like Jim Cramer. That they have been doing things the government was never intended to do. They have been propping up companies with no discrimination. In fact, you have morons in charge of the Treasury that have, in my opinion, unlawfully agreed to buy corporate bonds, the most risky of all in investments, yet we're doing it. Poor people are underwriting all of this. They print the money up and they buy corporate bonds and you don't have anything to say about it. It's done with very few corrupted major companies that are propping up our whole damn economy. The whole thing is a charade. And I will never forget, during the collapse, who called for that charade? See, there were few of us, actual capitalists, who said, if you partook 
in derivatives. If you lied and you mixed in bad loans with good loans and all the rest of it, everything that caused that that domino of a Ponzi scheme to collapse, then you go bankrupt. And in fact, I wanted people to go to jail. That's what I wanted. I didn't give a rip about Goldman Sachs. I certainly don't care about J.P. Morgan and the rest of the scoundrels that were involved in it and were bailed out by poor people. It was an atrocity, and that is not capitalism. But there were some scum that knew that was an opportunity for them. That was an opportunity to forever control markets and forever to link a phony idea of success by pointing to a market that really wasn't up on success. It was up on a pay-to-play scheme. That's what we have as an economy. Now, I know we're not supposed to talk about this on a radio talk show. I know we're supposed to be a little bit talking points. talking. I don't do it that way. I want you to know the time that the American economy was broken was 2008 and the years that followed just doubled down on stupid. And I want you to hear the screaming Mimi, the hyper fraud, and why you never listen to a word this moron spews out of his pie hole again, Jim Cramer. Here he is during the opportunity for America to fix its economy by re- removing the frauds that corrupted it, like the scum at Goldman Sachs and the rest of them. Instead, listen to what James, J- Jim Cramer wanted everything, everybody to do. This, this, bigger, this is about Bernanke. This is about Bernanke. He has to be on that call. Forget the investors. The investors are going to do if Bernanke was someone. Bernanke, Bernanke needs to open the discount window. That's how bad things are out there. Bernanke needs to focus on this. Alan Greenspan told everyone to take a teaser rate and then raise the rate 17 times. And Bernanke is being an academic. It is no time to be an academic. It is time to get on the Bear Stearns call. Listen. Open the darn Fed window. He has no idea how bad it is out there. He has no idea. He has no idea. Kramer. I have talked to the heads of almost every single one of these firms in the last 72 hours, and he has no idea what it's like out there. None. And Bill Poole has no idea what it's like out there. My people have been in this game for 25 years, and they are losing their jobs, and these firms are going to go out of business, and he's nuts. They're nuts. They know nothing. And they all should have went out of business. And this scumbag who hid the fraud that he clearly knew about that happened for the 10 years prior, he should have went to jail as well. Instead, what happened is exactly what he demanded. The, The entire damn country bailed out the most corrupt among us. That's what happened. And now history's been rewritten, and they're the victims. All of a sudden, the guys who corrupted the economy, they're the victims. And not a one of them, not a one of them went to jail for clear fraud. What they did made... Please, the Enron guys should have got medals of freedom compared to what happened, what these idiots did. It's a disgrace. And these screaming memes like Jim Cramer supported that fraud all the way. So now he's going to come out and take once again the side of a corrupt government, of a totalitarian stance, where there are no people, there is no right and wrong, there is no principles of Americanism. He doesn't know a one of them. He just sat on a barnacle and figured out how to ride the corrupt wave. That Wall Street and the rest of these frauds constantly demand we keep paying for. So Jim Cramer means nothing. He is nothing. And the people who think like him, they're just as bad as he is. And if we're going to fix it, you're going to have to ignore these scum like Jim Cramer and the rest of these people who constantly, constantly call for fraud, for bailouts for government, and for totalitarian actions because Jim Cramer thinks himself to be an architect, somebody able to be in control of a society. When Jim Cramer is everything wrong with a society, as every single one of these fascist, forthright Democrats are. 
I'll take all your calls when I get back. What you're going to live through is the feudonomics that this moron in diapers, some call a president, is going to implement. He's going to destroy our energy sector the way that we know it, thinking that the holes in the wall are magic like all of these dimwits, these eco-Nazis like to think. They have no idea what they're doing. They have no idea where plastic comes from. They have no idea about anything, let alone the damage they're doing, not just to our economy but to the earth, that they pretend they're helping. And in the meantime, what they're destroying is the quality of life in America that we've taken for granted. And when you ask them, I almost like how they casually admit it. Did it create inflation? Did did $2 trillion of deficit spending create inflation? It did boost demand, and that is one of several factors that are involved in inflation. Their policies are why you're here. And the policies strictly are not to be attributed just to Joe Biden, but he cheered every one of the bad moves that were made under the Trump years. And I'm sorry, those are bad moves. To pretend you can mimic or imitate or substitute the velocity of a private sector with a government-fueled print and just funnel, it doesn't work. It leads to bad things. now appears that factors pushing inflation upward will linger well into next year. Of course it's going to linger in the next year, and the year after that, and the year after that, and until you get another philosophy in, it's going to be sinking into the quicksand of socialism. That's how it works. Their philosophy in total is a loser philosophy. There is no socialist utopia. None. Zero. Doesn't exist. Everything they touch turns to Durban. Richard in Blue Island. Yeah, hey, Sean. I would like to know how much mad money Jim Cramer holds in Pfizer stock because, I mean, obviously... He's he has to hold something because he's going on the on the rails about you know as a government you know, having the yeah. First of all, how do you have a guy talking about stock purchases, stocks that must be purchased, stocks with a bright future, when we don't know if his spouse's hedge fund holds those stocks as he's promoting them? That used to be called a, 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 a crime. You can't talk up a stock that you have a vested interest in. And use a platform of media to do it. Yet this is something they've been doing for, what, 35, 40 years in, in, in one form or another? That's why Powell, Jerome Powell gets his job again. And by the way, compared to who was up for it, he, he's no dumber than, he, in fact, he's better than what you had the communist that was up for it, the female. But Jim or Jerome Powell should be put in jail for front-running. He's been trading for the last two years. We don't even know. It just says in excess of $5 million. They don't even tell you. They all are doing the same thing, and they're doing it with our money. That's the most sickening part about it. You know, it's a joke. The SEC and the rest of it, it is a joke. And there is a reason that all of these congressmen, all of these senators, and their staff are all privy to this information, yet they take the money from the people and they front-run the orders. Richard, the whole damn thing is a fraud, and it needs to stop, but it won't until we understand that the system we are allowing these corporatists, these oligarchs, to control is bastardized. And I mean that. Where is the show, the economic show on any of these stations, that comes out and has told you it is outrageous for the government to authorize one company, by the way, 
to buy corporate bonds. That alone is insane. And as far as the quantitative easing, they can never stop it. I had a discussion about interest rates. Oh, I wonder if they're going to raise the rate. They cannot raise the rates, and they know it. They have no direction left. They are painted into a corner. And the only way that this economy can even fake it is by printing up more money. And it's not going to the people whose lives they've destroyed. Oh, they'll give the welfare people little increases in food stamps. It's not going to cover the inflation. It never does. In the meantime, the money that they need goes to perpetrate this fraud that we're calling a market or an economy. $500 billion. They went through it in a month. What do you think it's going to turn out like? Joining us now from House Oversight, we welcome back to the show. He's a great guy. He's Congressman Byron Donalds. Congressman, it's great to see you. Okay, this new report. Criminals in Russia and China are stealing extra jobless benefits the government gave out during the pandemic. This is according to analysis reported by the Washington Times from LexisNexis Risk Solutions. Overall, 40% of the more than seven, 40% of the more than 700 billion spent on unemployment went to fraudsters. Of that 40%, the majority was stolen by criminals in China and Russia. What do you say? 40% of unemployment benefits in the last year were stolen by criminals in China and Russia. What do you say? How about you go get our money? In the meantime, what is Congress focusing on? What has Congress been, been using as a, as a whip or as a post of abuse? What have they wasted all of our money on? They're investigating January 6th. The whole time that this money was being stolen, did anybody mention a word of it? The only reason that you heard of it now is because Republicans, mainly a congressman, Byron Donalds, insisted the oversight of where's our money. They haven't even looked at the PPP loan, let alone all of the money you've been spending on corporate bonds. I can't wait to find out how many times you've been buying bonds from a corporation that doesn't exist. Where's the FBI? Oh, they're investigating parents who talk about teacher unions and they protest CRT in schools and they go to board meetings. That's what our FBI is doing. They should be ashamed of themselves. 312-642-5600. I'll be back. The only nice thing about this uh, unemployment story is that Byron Donalds, who happens to be my congressman, wants to do something about it. I wonder if he's going to see any resistance from the political pimps and whores calling themselves congressmen and senators. Uh, first and foremost is that this is outrageous. This is what happens when money just goes out way too fast from the federal government. It's very hard to actually check where the money actually is going. That's number one. Number two, um, Congress needs to investigate this immediately. There has to be uh, hearings in the Oversight Committee getting to the bottom of this, because if we're going to be sending out other dollars out the door, which is what Joe Biden wants to do in this massive budget reconciliation bill, we have to actually realize and understand if that money is falling into fraudulent hands and we have to do everything thing to make sure that that does not happen yeah, but there's Congress- no- and do you know what the real the reaction of the all they call themselves democrats but i call them the marxist mafia you know what the reaction of their their inhabitors really was what do you think the democrat congressmen thought when they heard this story you think they were mad that the money was stolen or do you think that they're mad that the story got out i pick b because i know what i'm dealing with I'm dealing with people who understand once they can fully take over the economy 
and create their welfare army. They then become the gods among men. After all, that's why they sell this BS that everyone knows ends in disaster, as it always has and always will. The socialist con job ends the way the politician wants it to. Where in order to get a tooth pulled, you're going to need a note from one of them. You're going to have to bribe one of them. It'll be like opening a business in the sewer of Chicago. You're going to have to pay off one of the 50 thieves calling themselves aldermen. Jim in Chicago. Yeah. Hi, Sean. How are you? Good, Jim. I I just, the the vote is sacrosanct. It's a sacred duty of all of us to vote. So we spend billions of dollars, both parties spend billions of dollars trying to influence each other. And in the end, we're still all Americans. I, I just I recall my wife. She'd vote for Thompson occasionally. I'd roll my eyes a little bit. But we got along famously. Uh, uh, so, I mean, I don't know why you have so, so much uh, division. You know, because because like, while, while, while that was going on, you're talking about a character of a nation that was much greater than it is today. While that was going on, there was a subversion movement. And it happened to both parties, but specifically the Democrat Party, as it became a socialist Marxist party. That's what it is. But, Sean, the only thing I can think of is when I hear of Marx, the only thing I can think of is Harpo Marx or Groucho Marx. Well, maybe that's the problem, Jim, because, well, you know, I don't know what generation you are, but I'm assuming you're you're probably right after World War II, right? You're probably... Right, right. 1950, 1950, Sean. So then... Can you, do, can you do me and you and everybody a favor? And I think it'll change things. I want you to look at two things. Number one, I want you to look at Hitler's economic plan and, and the documents that the Third Reich was based on. I want Because, you know, they sold that to the people. They used a lot of the same language, including, to a certain extent, a green movement. I want you to look at that, and I want you to look at the 1936 Soviet Constitution. And then I want you to think about what the Democrats have been saying for 40 years. And you tell me what's happened, because the way Americans and what you're talking about, nuanced differences of policy, that's what you and your wife had, right? Just a little nuanced difference. Okay. Now you're talking about a, 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 a philosophy where the Democrat Party wants absolute and total control of everything and everyone in it. You don't exist in the, in the Democrat Party rule. Not to mention, well, I don't, I don't you're from Chicago. I, you're from I Chicago. I don't agree. Yeah, I don't agree with that, Sean. I, I think that everybody, their right to vote is absolutely sacred. And uh, everybody who's you know, everybody, everybody's right to vote is 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 sacred. I'm not going to argue with you one iota, as long as you're an American. As long yeah, as you're an American, right. then your right to vote is right. sacrosanct, as you said. However, yeah, yeah. you do you do understand that doesn't mean you can vote somebody else's rights away. In this country, no, you can't I agree do with that. I agree. No, I agree with that. I, yeah. It's a two-party system that we have, and it's going to be, you know, tooth and nail for a long time. But uh, I, you just long for a day where you could get, you know, some, uh, you know, even, even ground. That's all. Jim, Jim anyway. I understand that, but there is no even even ground with collectivism which is what the Democrat Party has become. And you know this, Jim, living in Chicago. I appreciate the call, but you know this, Jim. You lived there where it became. It started out what? As I got a guy. It started out with a little cloud. It started out with property taxes higher. Then you just paid off an alderman who knew the right lobbyist. And you sat there the whole time as the city was destroyed. Come on now. So you know you know it. You watch it. Don't deny it. I love that stuff, too, but don't deny it. If we're going to fix things, we've got to tell the truth, Jim. Thank you very much. And the truth is, the Democrat mafia is just that. It's not a political party. It is a mafia of corruption, extortion, intimidation, and control. These aren't nuances. 
We're not talking about little ticky tack policies. Oh, I think I think maybe the tax rate should be at 16%. No, I think it should be at 18. I think it should be at 20. We're long past that. I got dimwits in diapers telling me that I have to be part of their experiment in the face of an absolute and total fraud, mishap, and mayhem caused by this nonsense they insist is a vaccine. That's just one. Number two, you've bastardized my economy. You've got poor people bailing out rich people. Only the rich people that are corrected and vote Democrat. That's not political party. That's not an American. By the way, we were never supposed to be a two-party system. They sold that line of BS 100 years ago, and look at how things turned out. Krista on the south side. Uh, yes. Um, I'm uh, giving you a call regarding the energy crisis that you are discussing. Yeah. And well, it's I not a crisis. It's, that... a, it's a crisis of policy. America doesn't have an energy crisis. We have politicians who refuse to take advantage but, of American energy. Okay. But see, my point, here's my point. Russia and China both have used that same um, device to control their people, as in socialist, as in communist. And that's the point I'm trying to make. You're absolutely right. That's why I, 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 I had that's asked it. Jim, I had asked Jim to please take a look at the philosophies of the environment that the Third Reich had and notice the similarities to the Fourth Reich. Mm-hmm. That's all. I think that's a very People valid point, scared. Krista. You're exactly right. After all, it's control. People are scared, and they don't want to look at it and see it for what it is. They're wearing blinders, and they're like, oh, it's going to get better. But it's not. Well, we, we were busy in the better. 90s enjoying the economic boom that was created by policy of Ronald Reagan. When we, while we were enjoying that, the Democrat mafia had a very select few that were working diligently hard with Democrat judges to somehow make it that CO2 became a pollutant when it never was meant to be. But now that it is, they have the weapon of control. And that's a shame. So if we're going to take that weapon back, we have to destroy the fraud and the crime of making CO2 a pollutant, of which it is not. It never has been. And what these eco-Nazis don't want you to do is look back, say, 170 years or 200 years or 2,000 years. They don't want you to look, and we can look, through our own technology and science, to see CO2 was much higher when Jesus had slippers on than it is now that you're driving around a Buick. Thank you very much for the call. I appreciate it. Teresa on the north side. Hi, Sean. Um, You know, I'm just wondering, um, when are people going to understand they're being played? I mean, how stupid do you have to be to realize you're being controlled? I don't understand the mentality of it. I don't well, I think get it. That's why the Democrat Party is made up of wolves and sheep. There are people yeah. that still that still do that thing that unfortunately my mother used to do. My wife will occasionally do it, and all good people do it. And what that is is that you give a certain a certain grace to strangers because you think they think like you. So you give them a certain virtue that they do not deserve. And even as you're living in a city, a sewer of corruption and crime. And I don't just mean the gang-banging, drug-dealing thugs. I'm talking about the politician, right, who understand that, you know, with all these COVID restrictions on the court, Fast Eddie Burke and that scumbag Mike Madigan, they never go to trial. You notice how they don't go to trial? Right. Gee, who's pulling for more restrictions on COVID for the court system? The scum Eddie Burke? Or the people who want to see him prosecuted for destroying the city? By the way, he still goes to the meetings in his little zoot suit with his big gold Rolex on. 
and his Viagra stuffed in his pocket for later. Scum that he is. So he still does that. In the meantime, the people of Chicago think, well, what are you going to do? It's a Democrat yeah. stronghold. They live in the failure, but because they've understood, make it pay through the property taxes, the millions and millions of property. Make it pay through them just slightly. And they'll never figure out, even though they're not paying taxes on the value of their property, they're paying off for our crime and our failure and our corruption. See, that's how right. you corrupt. It's almost it's almost something to watch. It's like watching Pritzker eat dessert. It's a thing of beauty. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. I'll be back with the rest of your calls. 312-642-5600. Well, I want to take this call right away. I don't know if you remember we had a show little while ago about the PPP loans that were given to banks, not just to hand out, not to facilitate, but PPP loans that were given to Illinois banks. And I remember the one name, Wintrust. Kept seeing it, kept seeing it. Now, Wintrust actually gave out over $4.8 billion in PPP loans to over 14,000 of their, their uh, customers. But they were a recipient of we don't even know how much. Lisa Palatine. Hello. Hi. Hi. Can you hear me? Perfectly. Go ahead. Okay, great. Um, I'm so glad you're taking my call. We received in the mail in Palatine a um, flyer inviting people to a Saturday event at the Palatine Bank and Trust from 10 to 1 for a craft show. But in on the uh, forum, it says... You need to have proof of vaccination or a PCR test within 72 hours. So I called and I said, wait a minute. What, um, and they told me that it's Trust. The corporation, corporate is um, following the CDC. I said, well, I have my money in Trust, and I will be taking it out of Trust." And you can tell Ed Waymer, who went to I everybody. Love it at the North Shore to get money to start his wind trust, I think it was in the 80s, that bye-bye. And if everybody in Lake Forest, all over the North Shore, and the people in Palatine want to show up, there are going to be people there on Saturday morning protesting. They're just going to get another PPP loan because this is the way that they've made their money. In fact, they had a, uh, in the second quarter of 2021, a net income of $105.1 million. Yet for some reason, they needed to take all those PPP loans. This is the greatest scam in show business. What you have going on is the bastardization of American banking, and it has been the perfect excuse to nationalize American banking. The way in which we're going to know banking in the future is going to be nothing the way we knew it in the past, and it's because these these mom-and-pop, these selective banks were squeezed out during the first collapse, the ones that wanted to stay independent, and all you have left are these corrupt bastards like this. That's my opinion, and that's just the fact. Well, yeah, it's a matter of time, too, that we won't even be able to get our money. So um, I wish people who are at Palatine Bank would call Bridges at 847-42-2641 and complain. And please come out on Saturday to, um, you know, be out there with your signs that we're not going to put up with this. Love it, Lisa. Thank you very much for the call. And right, Ed Waymer. I love it. I love it. Thank you for the call. Megan Orland Park. Hey, Sean. I just can't stay away. Hi, Megan. Um, so, <laughs> so I'm calling um, regarding a couple of matters. So regarding the fact that 40% of the money was stolen for unemployment. Basically, Sean, I just want to say it doesn't matter 
it isn't their money. It's our money, therefore it doesn't matter, Sean. Yeah, and I think I think 40% isn't enough for those people who are support Democrats to understand. I think they need it to be like 90 for them. They have a grasp of just how big it is. For instance, exactly. you say 40% of $700 uh, billion, they can't think real quick, boy, that's $300 billion. that's a lot. They don't think like that. Yeah. If they did, they would have never put this 81-year-old political whore for 50 years who has... Low flow Joe in his diapers to run the country. They could care less about reality and facts. After all, they don't see anything wrong with the fact that he's been nothing but a pay-to-play scam artist. They love the idea that his crackhead son has made millions and has an interest financially in China and Ukraine and Russia and all the rest of it. Because what they are are not American Democrats anymore. They're saboteurs. And it's Joe Biden and the saboteurs as they destroy not just our economy but our quality of life here in America. So thank you very much for the call. I'm glad you can't stay away. I'm going to have somebody who wants to make a difference and take things into his own hands. And a private charity, which is the only way to actually help people. It's through private entities, not government failures and frauds. Maybe we should uh, think that way when it comes to everything. It's us that make the world go around, not government. All they do is destroy the quality of life for everybody. I'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. As you know, this station takes great pride. I personally take great pride in partnering with Food for the Poor because I believe in their mission and I see the results of what they do. Unlike government, they actually help people they say they're going to help. They have been helping people since 1986. I had... uh, Back then, it wasn't called a mullet, but it was long in the back. Very stylish. I wanted to bring on one of their key people. Todd Chapman is the director of Cause and Missionary. I'm sorry, Ministry Development regarding Food for the Poor. Todd, thank you for joining me. Sorry I swore during the commercial. Didn't know you were on. <laughs> it's all right, Sean. Good to be here. <laughs> nice, nice. You know, I, I, I never really... Um, I love God. I normally don't like most of the people that work for him. However... I like you very much, and I love this organization. Uh, well, I appreciate that. I like you too, Sean. But uh, hey, And, you know, I, I'm just so grateful because we've had an amazing partnership with uh, 560 The Answer for so many years now. And I, I can't even begin to quantify how much good has been done by the listeners uh, of this radio station, whether you live in Chicagoland or uh, elsewhere and listen on the Internet. Uh, man, I mean, we, we fed so many starving children and l- saved lives and changed lives. And uh, I'm excited that we get to do it again during this holiday season. So this is amazing. Over 207 million meals to hungry children and their families. Yeah. So I'm wondering, you know, um, when you see this, when you see the result, when you see that the kids are you really, you're the link to them and their sustenance, is that the addiction that made you just continue to just grow it and grow it and grow it? Most people would have been 
um, you know, detoured by the by the hopelessness that you see under so many of these totalitarian nations and the way in which it's just been so corrupted. Um, have you just is that what keeps you going? Well, I think, you know, if you go back to the uh, genesis of uh, Food for the Poor, the very beginnings, and actually it was uh, 1982, not to call you out on a mistake, but uh, 1982, no. 40 years ago, uh, next year we were we were founded. We've been working in Haiti since 1986, so that's probably... Uh, See, I was half that, right, that, and in 1982 yeah, I graduated grade school, I still had a mullet, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah. go ahead. Well, you're more than like half right, you're like, yeah. you know, nine-tenths right on this one, mm-hmm. so you know, you got to go with that, that's a winning percentage. Uh, but, you know, it, you know really... Uh, So Food for the Poor was founded by a man in Jamaica who was in the import-export business. And every day on his way to work, he would pass these beggars on the streets there in Kingston, Jamaica. And, uh, you know, he was a a Catholic gentleman. And uh, so, you know, he, of course, knew the Bible and what the Bible talked about when it says that we're supposed to feed the hungry and clothe the naked and give a glass of water and all the things. And so one day he just, you know, after walking by these beggars every day, he's like, you know, I got to do something. So he gave them some food. And it just kind of got into his heart, into his soul. And so, uh, you know, he kept doing it and doing more and more and more, he and his family. And before you know it, they they had built kind of this de facto uh, charity. And they said, you know, we probably need to formalize this. And that's how Food for the Poor was born. And they took all of that expertise in uh, in uh, import, export and logistics and shipping and all that stuff and brought that to bear for food for the poor. And here we are 40 years later feeding, uh, you know, thanks to our generous donors, many, many millions of uh, people across 17 countries uh, every year. So that's how it was born. And that's the thing that uh, for me personally, having traveled into uh, many of the countries where we work uh, many, many times and looked in the eyes of moms and more specifically kids uh, you know, kids are what, what really breaks my heart the most. I've got kids, I've got grandkids, and it's just wrong that any child anywhere on this planet should go a day wondering how they're going to get food to eat and clean drinking water. I believe that down to my the fiber of my being. And so, you know, that's what motivates me, Sean, and all of us, the food for the poor. We just want to do everything we can to, to change that reality. Now, Todd, you know me, and as you know me, I'm, I'm, I'm very political. I, I pay attention to all of the numbers. I've been aware for decades that the American government has tried to do such a thing, and there's massive, massive foreign aid, yet they never seem to get it done. And I'm wondering, is that because what they fail to recognize is that if you're going to help people, you must actually go to the people. You cannot go through the government, which so oftentimes is in absolute and total chaos, as what we see, quite frankly, in Haiti is having a very tumultuous year would be an understatement. Yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, if you, you, know, if you study the history of Haiti, uh, it's rife with uh, all sorts of government um, uh, corruption and, you know, a, a long litany of leaders that have uh, just robbed the, the very people that they were, you know, elected to to uh, to serve and to lead. Uh, and the United States has had a hand in history and not doing right by Haiti. And uh, so you can get mired down in that or, you know, in the case of what we choose to do at Food for the Poor, uh, we can, in spite of that and sometimes even around that, just say, you know what, we're going to do what we can do to make a difference. And uh, for 35 years, we've been able to do that. Food for the Poor is the largest uh, non-governmental organization. That's what they call charities uh, outside the U.S., NGOs, uh, serving the country of Haiti. And I got to tell you right now. I'm so grateful that we're still there because Haiti's, uh, you know, and I've been to, I've been going to Haiti two times a year for the last decade up until the last couple of years when COVID hit. Haven't been able to go since. But uh, sadly, I've seen 
uh, things not get better in Haiti over the last decade or so. It's actually gotten worse. But you know what? Uh, yeah. it, it would be easy to let that demotivate you. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I can say that that actually motivates us all the more uh, at Food for the Poor, because, again, we're all about the people. For us, it's all about just feeding the one child, feeding the one family. And uh, we're just going to stick with this as long as, you know, God and, frankly, our generous donors I- enable us to do that. So, that you know, and that's where the, the answer listeners come in today. Uh, and and I just what I want you to know is there are there are truly children in Haiti a country 700 miles uh, from where you are, Sean, there in Florida, mm-hmm. that are on the brink of starvation. It's a humanitarian crisis, and it's a travesty that we're not talking about. We've got problems, but we need to be you know, doing something about this, in my opinion. For whatever reason, it's not going to happen through the government, but it can happen through you uh, as you partner with Food for the Poor. And so if that connects with you, I would just invite you to give a gift, $37, $185, whatever you can give, it's going to make a difference, and you, and you can stop kids from starving. Not to mention, I really want to beat Dan Proft. Aside from all of that, I love the idea that you <laughs> it's know, a we're helping kids, but I really want to beat Dan Proft. <laughs> but on a, on, a, on a serious note, what I've been astonished with is that I'm very familiar with the area. As you know, I'm a, I, I, I'm a big cigar guy, and I love cigars, and I've always mm. been fascinated with how it shares a border with the Dominican Republic, how yeah. years ago Haiti could have been a wonderful place. It, could, it, had, a, it had a vibrant port um, and it just simply seems that what happens in all of these nations is the ones that suffer are the kids. So I'm kind of worried mm-hmm. because I know the, the, what's happening there. Are you seeing any problems with security? Are you under attack? Because they legitimately have nothing. They have no source of, of, of food. They're living primarily through, I mean, it makes the south side of Chicago look like Oak Brook right now. What, what's it like on the ground? Well, I haven't been there personally, like, like I said, for the last couple yeah. of years. But, you know, we, we do have a, a sizable uh, staff there of Haitian nationals that, uh, you know, execute our work there. We have a big compound right in Port-au-Prince, not too far from the airport. And we have full security and we have, you know, big walls with razor wire at the top because it's Haiti. It's the poorest country in this side of the world. And you have to have that in normal times. And, and now more than ever, because of the civil unrest and the, and the gang activity, yeah, it's necessary. There, uh, there, Candidly, Sean, there there have been a number of days over the last year and a half when our office was not able to uh, safely have employees make the the trip to work because it wasn't safe. But, you know, like many organizations during this time, we've figured out ways where we can still get the work done and, uh, you know, not put people at risk. We do have tremendous um, uh, infrastructure. We've got vehicles. We've got security that we tap into that protect our shipments when they go out. All of our shipments of food, we send it out in convoys. Uh, when it goes over the road, we, we've started using uh, transport by water to certain parts of the country because that's, uh, you know, that's better. Like, you know, the southwestern peninsula of Haiti mm-hmm. where that earthquake hit in August, yeah. there's literally only one road to get in and out of there. And uh, so we've had, uh, and that road has had some gang uh, activity. And so we've started shipping into that part of the country. And uh, so we found work- workarounds. And again, you know, it's it's because we are unquestionably committed to being there and doing everything we can to support and help the innocent victims of this uh, this activity. And, and those are the families that are being victimized by these gangs. And so we just don't feel like we can just throw up our hands and say, well, it's too hard. We're not. No, we're going to keep going. And, uh, well, you know, we'll, we'll go as long as we can. 
17 billion since you've started over 17 billion dollars you've helped uh, countless countless millions and millions and millions of lives i want to thank you on behalf of everybody listening and on behalf of am 560 i really value the relationship i look forward to it it was a dear friend of mine that shook me down to get me over the top with dan prof that's not official but i'm going to go with it his name is todd chapman he's the director of cause and ministry development for food for the poor todd thank you so much for joining me i truly appreciate it and uh let me know what i have to do to beat prof i'll, I'll fluff the numbers myself with my own checkbook if i have to okay all right brother hey man it's good to talk to you you too thank you so much thank you we'll be back with your calls and comments after this you know today was an active day active day for low flow joe yeah he's gonna have to go home put the robe on and have the rice pudding and the more this idiot speaks the more it's evident he's not qualified to be the president of del boca vista conda association let alone the president of America. Ran for president, I said I was running for three reasons. One, to restore the soul of the country, to have some, restore some decency. One. To how we dealt with it. And two, and two, to rebuild the backbone of the country. Okay. Hard-working, middle-class folks and working-class folks who built the country. Uh-huh. The folks at Wall Street aren't bad, but they didn't build America. Uh-huh. The people who work out, come out of the school are the ones that build America. What about three? What about three, dummy? He forgot the third reason. Not to mention uh, one and two is full of gaga. It would actually reduce long-term inflationary pressures. Uh-huh. It can't be because it would add to the deficit. No. Because it reduces the deficit over the long term. Yeah. It can't be because it's fiscally responsible because it's fully paid for. Fully. And the whole time that he was out selling that BS in this debacle, debacle, there's cutouts for Democrat lawyers. There's cutouts and bribes to oligarchs. All around the country, who all happen to campaign contribute to this moron and the rest of the Democrats. And this is how you overthrow a nation. This is, you're living through it. It's almost exciting. And you can push back against it by pointing out exactly what he's doing. And in the meantime, he's, he's not giving the full picture. Not that he can. I don't think he's capable. I don't think he understands the full picture. But what this man clearly is is nothing more than a Z-Bart salesman. It's all he is. If you watch the news recently, you might think the shelves in all our stores are empty across the country. That uh, parents won't be able to get presents for their children on holidays this holiday season. But here's the deal. Here's for the, deal. the vast majority of the country, that's not what's happening. And we're not talking about presents, stupid. We're also getting a, a first look at another concerning consequence of these high prices and shortages, and it's affecting school children, especially in their lunchrooms. Across Montana, cafeterias are seeing shortages of staples like chicken, pork, milk, fruit juices, even ketchup. In some cases, can't promise that every person will get every gift they want on time. Only Santa Claus can keep that promise. No, 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 not gifts. Chicken. Chicken meat. Chicken food. Cafeterias can't get the food, stupid. Not presents. No one's talking about presents, dummy. You're trying to mix that in the supply chain. By the way, the people you hang around with always get what they want. 
They always have. It's a pay-to-play system. We're talking about the regular Americans, the ones that make the world go around, the ones you're putting out of work with your policies, the ones whose costs you're driving up who are barely hanging on anyway. The actual Americans, not those corrupt political whores you surround yourself with. No, no, no. Talking about people. See, your policies are destroying things, you moron. Assume we're out there, they could have told Jay Powell themselves that the inflation was a problem and it was stickier than anybody had ever thought, especially when they're going to the gas pump, paying 50% more from a year ago. Um, and the list goes on and on when it comes. 50% more from a year ago is going to be a deal. It's going to be a deal when these morons get through doing what they want to do. In 2020, you endorsed the BREATHE Act, which is a series of proposals to transform America's criminal justice system Mm -hmm. and create, quote, a roadmap for prison abolition. The BREATHE Act proposes emptying federal detention facilities within... It's the wrong clip. ...comes to to their essential items, Steve. So in terms of the numbers that we've seen for the latest month, what, what do you think this reflects? Well, uh, I think you've hit it, Melissa. You know, last month we saw consumer confidence bounce up, and we were we were hopeful that, we, that this was a sign that we were going to uh, to resume the, the upward trend. But unfortunately, we've now trended down, and the reason is because of inflation. And people are telling us now that things are getting very expensive. When you break it down by demographics, it's the 55 plus demographic that scored the lowest or or had the lowest levels of consumer confidence as. Now, the 55-plus demographic, the consumer confidence is down for a very simple reason. These are people who live their entire lives understanding Econ 101. These are people who understood that only through policy were things going to be affordable in the future. Consumer confidence is something that is always broken down by age, but mainly the one to watch and the one to respect is the people that have been working for the bulk of their lives. Because they understand what you're doing is eroding their wealth. See, that's the tax of hiring a Democrat to do anything. That's why blue states are always more expensive to live in than red states. That's why the more corrupt something is, a, 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 a government, the worse the climate is, the more expensive things are. Because they have to be. This is, in essence, a corruption tax. This is what's very important to understand. This is not by happenstance. Now, what Joe Biden and the American Marxist mafia is good at doing is taking the circumstance they create and then making themselves a victim of happenstance. That is not the case here. This, what you're experiencing is just the beginning. Jennifer Granholm is the energy secretary for no other reason than she's a woman who is politically connected, not because of her policies. But the bottom line is that this president and this administration are looking at every single tool to shield American families from the impact of rising energy prices. And we're working through we're working through an energy transition. And we've got to start by adding energy. And the reality is we have to take some time to get off of oil and gas. We recognize this. This is a transition. You can never get off oil, and you certainly can't get off gas. Not in the near future, not at all. Oil is everything. Those aren't magic holes in the wall, dummy. But after all, she can't know that. She's just put there because she's a woman who's politically connected, not because she's good at anything. 
And we're just going to have to sit by while they go through the learning curve of how things actually work. 312-642-5600. I love that song. The bureaucrats. The bureaucracy. Jennifer Granholm. What are her qualifications? She's connected. She has none. None, aside from being an investor in green energy companies like they all magically are. What do we know about so many of these bureaucrats? Tom, Blue Island. Hi, Sean. How you doing? Good, Tom. How are you? Sean, I'm so tired of the male, female, black, white, black, Mexican, white, Mexican. I work for a lady in Riverdale that owns a factory. She's as sharp as anyone I know. She owns a heating and plating factory. She's the greatest lady I know, one of my good friends. And I'll tell you what, she's got more nuts. If we Tom, we have a terrible, happens. terrible connection, brother. I'm so sorry. I understand and I agree, but we do have a bad connection. I will say that I laugh every time I hear about... Um, the pay inequities between genders. Anybody anybody, want to guess the gender that makes a tremendous amount in the real estate business? It's not the one with the three-piece set. No, it's women. Yes, they do. In fact, I've known women all my life that have become millionaires. I do. They're smart. Because women, you wouldn't believe this, they're individuals. Oh, but they are. Some are great. And some are in the middle, just okay, make good decisions, bad decisions, and then there's some morons. That's just how life goes, just like men, just like men, by the way. The only difference is, up until very recently, we haven't put the morons of the gender in very powerful positions, unlike men. We've been doing that for centuries, but now we're doing it with women. Oh, yes, we are. We're putting the morons in positions of very, very high power positions all throughout our government. AOC is, uh, is doing all kinds of... Uh, Positions and policies based on absolutely nothing other than something she heard. The only difference between her and Greta Thunberg, whatever, is that uh, Greta isn't a Congress birthing person for now. But to me, it's always been something to see how these bureaucrats have risen to such high power. I mean high power. Nobody encompasses a better really unqualified, and I know you're not supposed to say he's unqualified, but I don't care what his college said 70 years ago. Fauci is unqualified. Fauci should have been removed and arrested after we found out he is one of the core investors in the COVID-19, the coronavirus. He's a core investor. So it's the Fauci flu on this show. So what is the penalty for becoming for being instrumental in unleashing a virus that has shut down the world. What is the penalty? Fauci has become a god in America. He's a god. And if he says it, you better look out. Because this son of a dog has unlimited power. He's a technocrat that really isn't too successful in his own expertise. In fact, everything Fauci's touched has really turned to garbage. And I say this knowing that today's nation, isn't it HIV day? Pretty sure it is. Are people coming into this country? Does that include everybody? 
The answer is yes, because you know that the new uh, uh, the new uh, uh, regulation, if you want to call it that, is that anybody and everybody who's coming into the country needs to get a test within 24 hours of getting on the plane to come here. But well, what about people who don't take a plane and just these border crossers coming in in huge numbers? Yeah, no, but that's a different issue. For example, when you talk, we still have Title 42 with regard to protection at the border. So there are protections at the border that you don't have the capability, as you know, of some getting on a plane, getting checked, looking at a passport. We don't have that there, but we can get some degree of mitigation. And for eight months, the federal government has been moving illegal aliens to states, specific states, knowing full well not only were they not tested, but they may very well have had the virus. And you couldn't care less, Fauci. Yet you notice how they don't talk about Florida and COVID? I notice it. I notice it because I'm down here. And you notice how all of the blue states seem to be having a problem. They seem to be experiencing a real high problem with the virus. Yet these are the states run, not just by the most corrupt, not just by the the Marxist mafia, but by the the most totalitarian policies. Oh, but they are. And I got news for you. They they love every word that comes out of this pickle face's mouth. They love it. They hang on every word, and they're going to implement every policy. So what do you think it's going to look like in New York, in New Jersey? in Illinois, in California. And then in terms of uh, uh, making a determination that... Yeah, I mean, again, there's the official determination of what something is for a variety of reasons. For example, employment and getting vaccinated. What is the definition? That will stay that way. For optimal protection, I'm talking about what your personal effort to be optimally protected... That's why I say we should all get boosters. Well, what about in terms of the mandate? Like, you have a vaccine mandate, right? Uh, at what point does the booster <laughs> become part of the mandate? Yeah, I can't answer that right now, but I know that for the time being, the official definition of fully vaccinated is two. But do you see that changing? We keep having these variants. It, it, We're it, concerned about them. It could change. It could, it change. could change. It could change. It could change. What about the tens of thousands of people that have died from complications of the experiment that you call a vaccine? What about the tens of thousands of people who've had an adverse effect of the so-called vaccine slash experiment since you've been in control? Well, you've been getting your Botox shots and been traveling around. What about the fact that you're 112 years old along with half of the Senate and the president himself, yet you're still here blabbing around? What about that? And why don't you take the testimony of people who know they've had an adverse effect of the vaccine with any with any seriousness? In our coronavirus coverage, a Utah woman and Utah senator are teaming up to get some answers. This comes after a group claims they've experienced life altering injuries that they believe are from the vaccine. While the symptoms haven't been officially linked to the vaccine by the CDC, some are convinced that they're related. Now, I spoke with that woman to find out what she's been experiencing and why she's now asking the public for help. There's no question that the vaccines do save lives. Brianne Dressen is a preschool teacher in Saratoga Springs who participated in the AstraZeneca clinical trial back in November. We all knew that some people were going to draw the short straw. And that includes her. She got her shot on November 4th, and she says she hasn't been the same since. Immediately, within an hour, I had tingling down my arm, 
And by the time I got home, my vision was blurry and double. But that wasn't all. My sen- by the way, this is November 4th last year. Sensitivity to sound in my head become so severe that I had to have earmuffs on all the time and sunglasses. She says that's when things took a turn for the worse. So I had this weeks-long neurological decline. And nobody knew what was going on. I called the test clinic several times. Finally, two days later, they had me come in and they did a neurological exam and they said, oh, it looks like you have MS. Her symptoms continued to worsen and just before Thanksgiving, she says her legs stopped working, sending her to the ER. They've been getting these reports for a year. But after running several MRIs, CAT scans and lumbar punctures, nothing. I spent the next several months of my life trapped in my room by myself completely alone and in silence. Even the sound of my husband's pants swishing was too much for my ears. Um, We put towels on the windows trying to make it darker. What if they ignored tens of thousands of these calls? What if they just ignored the information they didn't like? You know, like they do with the global warming. What if they just cooked the information and decided to kick it out anyway to build false confidence and take their chances? After all, maybe it's a small percentage. Ah, what's the difference? 10%, 5%. Who gets to make that call? Is it this guy? As some of you may have heard, the, the California and San Francisco Departments of Public Health and the CDC have confirmed that a recent case of COVID-19 among an individual in California was caused. Now listen, he's a god now. Three years ago, you didn't know who this roach was. Now look at him. Now he's a god. This pandemic is the greatest weapon of the demagogues all around us. 312-642-5600. All right. I can't believe how fast this show is going. i got a great guest coming up at 6. In the meantime, let's go to the lines. Kira, Elgin, how are you? Hey, Sean. Hi, Sean. Okay, so I met with my tax lady today, and she was double-masked and uh, was talking about different things, saying that she had her vaccine shot last year, and her arms, she cannot lift the vaccinated arm. The other arm, she said, is sore, too, but she doesn't get why. And I said, have you reported it? She said, no, I don't know who to report it to. And then my neighbor, again, around Thanksgiving, said a similar story with having kidney issues, never before anything in his lifetime, still addressing those kidney issues and severe anxiety. Again, this is a professional man. Who do they report these issues to? Are, is anyone even taking note of this? You know, it's it's astonishing to me on every level how, how capable, how willing, how provable it is that the our government has been cooking numbers on every statistic they provide us with everything they do is cooked i met with a, a family member today 23 year old girl beautiful girl she's got a, a job out of college she loves the job she works from home the job is in finance and they're requiring her to get it she's like i'm not getting it i'm 23 years old i had it i still test with the antibodies all the rest of it and all, you know, she said, I know two people who are fully vaccinated who got it again. I'm not going to get it. It doesn't work, and I'm not willing to take the risk. To me, not only am I so proud of her for being a patriot, but she understands what's at risk. The reason that they're cooking this information is they want an ignorant society. 
a society that they can come out and lie to time in and time out, where you've got this dimwit in diapers that comes out and tells you he's going to spend $6 trillion and it's paid for and all the rest of it. It's amazing to me how they want the people ignorant to what is really happening. And here you have what is the most important thing in American history, as far as I'm concerned. And they are experimenting on the population. It is outrageous. And they know full well every other vaccine you could have had it 40 years ago. They could pull your blood today, and that's still in your blood. Yet this one, they make up, you need a booster. You might need another booster. We're going to decide what it is. Get the hell out of here with you frauds. Thank you very much, Kara. I appreciate it. I mean, really, can you imagine this guy selling you something that you took home and it doesn't work? And you go, you go back and you complain, and he sells you another thing. That's exactly what we're going on. He's a liar and a fraud, and they don't have a vaccine. They have an experiment. And by the way, the results don't look good. Greg LaGrange. Hey, how you doing, Sean? Good. So here's the thing. Um, you know, when you have somebody come out that is a ward for the state, like the Kramer, come out and say what he said, it's extremely disingenuous because he's wrong on every single level. I don't know when he's been right. If you go through his career, he's never been right. Look at what he did with HIV. Honestly, this guy should have been, I think you could charge this guy with a crime. Now you find out that he was giving money to invest in this very virus, yet he's still out. And the reporters just keep following him around, keep asking him things. It's outrageous. Sean, I'm, you know, specifically with the Kramer reference, though, you know, he's talking about polio, completely apples and oranges. And here's the other thing. I mean, it's, it's, it's really clear that we now know that you're not, you can get it and you can transmit it if you have the, the, had the shot. The other thing is, if you, if, you, if you saw the Wall Street Journal over the weekend, I saw something that was extremely interesting. That Merck pill, oh, 30% yeah. efficacy. Yeah. Greg, I got to go. I got a hard break, brother. Here's the thing. How many of you are going to take this break and do the right thing? Forget about Salvation Army. Food for the poor. Help the people directly. This is important. This is important. This is a good thing you can do. I'll be back. Got a great guest after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now... With personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. What is going on? With everything in health. What is going on? I like to call, bring in Paul Siegert, managing partner at PCS Advisors. I want to bring him in. I want to ask his opinion. Paul, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great. How are you today? Very good, very good. So I wanted to bring you on because I always thought that the uh, Omicron was the fourth stage of the video game Tron. I thought once I got there, I was the king of <laughs> Omicron. Now I hear this word, and I notice that it's, uh, it, if you move the letters around, it spells moronic. So where do we stand with this thing? Uh, well, uh, I think it's really an, an exam. It's like a case study in a lot of what we've done wrong through this whole experience. We're going to lock people down again. Already, it's already happening. And in fact, I was on an interview this morning 
on a show, and they, they said, well, there are no known cases in the United States. And I said, well, they're here. We just haven't identified it yet. It's already everywhere. And we're going to lock down people anyway, even though that hasn't shown itself to stop any variant from going all over the world. And sure enough, here in the last couple of hours, there's an identified case in San Francisco, and you know, almost certainly it's elsewhere as well. And it, what's crazy to me is the fact that we're looking at locking people down again, even though these viruses, as they mutate, tend to get less virulent, and that's what we're seeing so far. I mean, the early indications are that it's not as uh, the symptoms aren't as severe, and yet uh, we're sounding a four-alarm fire because that does sell a lot better than letting people know that, hey, we're actually doing pretty good. We've got over 90% of our population with antibodies or vaccination. So that's called, that was the top goalpost they gave us for herd immunity not too long back. And this is the whole thing. It's the perspective. But I think that government has understood all they need is that fear control. And this is what they've mastered. So I wanted to, to you know, I, I saw the doctor in South Africa who basically said this seems to be milder. In fact, yeah. I thought it was a report of optimism. Yet here we are, and, so you know, the, the American morons are going to double down on stupid. But I also wanted to, to bring you on because I want to I focus on something. Isn't this an opportunity for the people who spoke out against government manipulation in healthcare to point out the fact that across America, since 2010, 136 rural hospitals have been closed. Isn't this, right. a, isn't this a time to really point out just what government has done to our health care system, which prior to Obamacare, which prior to the government being organized um, in, in, in this idea of a socialist utopia takeover of our health care system? We're in a pickle because of what they've already done. Maybe it's time we stop letting them do other things. Well, and the fact of the matter is, they really don't. These uh, lockdowns actually mandates, excuse me, these vaccine mandates for these health, for healthcare professionals, they're not holding up in court. And really, thank goodness, we already had numerous rural hospitals, as you mentioned, quite a few. The trend was they're closing down. And then it was, that pace was quickened with COVID, burnout, uh, traveling nurses getting sucked up by the uh, metro areas. They were going from $1,900 a week to $3,500, $5,000 a week with a $20,000 signing bonus. They were taking the few left in the rural areas and putting them on the road. And now they're saying, hey, if you don't have the vaccine, and even though you've probably been exposed, probably have antibodies, we're not going to accept that. You have to get the vaccine. And, and there were already hospitals, and there are each week that announced that they're either closing or cannot provide full services, um, they, they might be the only hospital within an hour and a half, and they've got no labor and delivery anymore because they don't have enough nurses to staff the place. You know, when you, I mean, when it's, you, it's criminal, really. And when you talk to people like Chicago, there's a hospital on every corner, mainly to handle the triage of gunshot wounds. But they have no idea that, you, you know, you're in a country where 26 million people don't have an ICU That's in right. their county. In their county. And what's happened that since the implementation and the atrocity that is Obamacare not only has has premiums and, and, and the quality of care gone down and all the rest of it, but you've lost so many 
essential hospitals, so many essential ICUs, and they were given, I don't know how many, hundreds of billions of dollars in the original implementation of, of COVID, and they wasted all the damn money. And now we're in a pickle where their, their solution is to fire the very healthcare workers that are have been on the front lines and now say, look, I don't like some of the results I'm seeing. I'm not going to put it in my body. I mean, at what point, Paul, do the adults stand up and say, okay, enough is enough? Well, fortunately, we're seeing it in our uh, three branch of government system. You know, the courts are coming in and and clarifying the fact that you can't just by mandate and edict uh, make massive changes for a real long period of time. I mean, it's you have to pass legislation, and then the executive branch is there to enforce legislation. But the exec- executive branch, in this case, has been making legislation in a way. And the courts are are showing that to be the case. In the last few days, we've seen a lot of this stuff put on hold because it's not holding up to legal scrutiny. Same thing with the OSHA, the OSHA route to getting employers to mandate the vaccine. So that's not holding up either. And most six out of the nine last nine times that OSHA has used this emergency authority of theirs, it has not held up when challenged legally. You know, as uh, I, I have to constantly monitor what's going on in Illinois, and then I look at what, what happened with Del Blasio, and you see just the, the, the clueless fear reaction of we're going to shut down again, we, you know, we're monitoring numbers, and then you you look at what's happening in South Africa where the virus was actually discovered, where they studied it, and you look at the reaction by the South African president. He said, I'm not going to impose any lockdowns. In fact, what we're going to do is take a different route. I mean, we've got so many examples around the world. Sweden comes to mind, but there's so many others. Not to mention here in this country, states like the one I'm now in, in Florida. The one that you escaped to, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they they took the position of, look, let's let's give the people the right to make these decisions in every case. And there the numbers are minuscule. When will these blue states wake up? Or is it really just about understanding if they overreact, they get paid to do so? Well, you know, you have it's an amazing thing because when when you see the way that the mainstream media treats places like Florida, they're scoffed at like like they're just high school dropouts running the place. And yet, if you do if you do real research, don't just get sound bites off of the mainstream media, but do actual research. And we all have the ability. You have this smartphone in your hand. Do a, do a search and actually look at some studies and read them. I know that's not going to happen by and large, but when people do it, they'll find, as an example, the great. Barrington Declaration, where you have some of the top minds in science in the world, and I don't mean three or four, I mean thousands, from some of the top places like Stanford, like Harvard, like Oxford, like many other highly respected institutions around the world who have said from the beginning of this whole COVID experience, what we need to do is protect the very the high-risk the high portion of the population. They should get vaccinated. They should be protected. And the rest of the population should live normally because that will get us to herd immunity the most in the, in the quickest fashion where people can get the virus, recover, and have natural antibodies. And those are the people now that are going to be more protected from these various variants that come down the line. It's, there's plenty of studies from very respected institutions that show 
that natural immunity is a better protection against these variants. But unfortunately, in our conversation today, if you want to believe a certain thing, you can just find some experts that are really political scientists that will confirm your view and make you feel good about whatever you want to encourage people to do, whether it's, you know, masking until you know, oblivion you know, yeah, the time, really. or, you know, not letting kids go to school, even though we see it. Here's a side note, something that I was looking at today in my work, employer health plans spend $44 billion a year on mental health before COVID. We are just now seeing a massive spike in costs related to that. And that same population then has, as a result, elevated heart disease and so many things that happen that drive significant costs into our system. And that's real. It's measurable. We know how that works. And we're causing it. Obesity. We've driven up childhood obesity 10 points during COVID yeah. by making huh. kids stay at home and not be able to play and go to school and play with yeah. their friends. I mean, there's a serious toll that's being paid for uh, for the way that we're handling it. I agree. I mean, you put Pritzker in a CPS school, he kind of blends in. So I totally get it. I also wanted to, uh, you focus a lot on the money, which is why I like to have you on. How much money has the American government given to pharmaceutical companies since the first time we started to hear of COVID-19, do you know? We've made a lot of billionaires. I mean, I don't have that number top of mind, but I know Which, we just bought 10 million doses of, now pull out your calculator on this one. This is incredible. We bought 10 million doses of the, of the Pfizer therapeutic pill at, I think, $523. For the those. pill? For the pills that if you take within the first three days of getting COVID will give you a, a more than 50% chance of not getting hospitalized. It's $5.2 billion. Yeah, you got it. I mean, that's, and that's a drop in the bucket to what we've put into this whole thing. It's incredible. And do, the same thing you... with Merck's pill and the same thing. And it's, it's, inc and if you look at the, where the money goes from big pharma in this country, to politicians, you can see there's no mystery as to why actual reform that would make a difference in transparency and free market forces going to work around the cost of pharmaceuticals in general in this country, that didn't that wasn't included in this recent legislation that was passed. And and you look at it, laser precision, farm big pharma money going to particular people in Congress that are standing in the way of it. That's that's just it's just it's just sickening, Paul. Now here's the thing: I uh, I understand that they were given immunity, and they're held harmless from anything that the, this virus or that this so-called vaccine creates. They're they're pretty much nothing you can do. And I know you're not an attorney, but you have been dealing with these kind of cases and different. You've been in the medical industry. You're basically your whole life, right? And in your opinion, if a if a business I come to the conclusion as a free man, an American, I don't want it. And the business threatens my livelihood and says, take it or you're going to lose your job. And I have to feed my kids, right? We had a, we had a teacher call in, That's right. and I will never forget it. And he said, I, I, I stand firmly against it. I got four kids, though. Who's going to feed these right. kids if I lose my job? So he takes it. 
Now, we know we can't go after the, the, the multi-billionaires who corrupted our government and are held harmless from the experiment. In your opinion, in what you've seen through lawsuits and the various things you've dealt with, is it possible that these institutions that are forcing the, the, the vaccine to be taken by their employees are liable for a case? I had heard years ago, or a couple months ago that there are attorneys on the West Coast working towards this. It is possible, absolutely. And it's also a, a very difficult, you think about the amount of administrative load that's been put on these employers to navigate this whole process and thread this needle and do it in a way that doesn't add liability, it's virtually impossible. Even if it's just how do you how do you decide if someone is compliant or not? What do you require them to provide? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just it's it's a it's a quagmire for these employers who are already many of them limping out of COVID, and now they have to deal with this. I mean, it's it's, it's a difficult thing to ask them to do. I couldn't from a day to day cost standpoint and liability. I couldn't believe when the Supreme Court refused to hear the health care providers in Massachusetts. They, they refused to hear their case when what they were being threatened with by the federal government was that if you do not mandate vaccinations to health care providers in your, in your health care system, we will not pay you the Medicare and Medicaid money we already owe you. I mean, what right. the hell right. is going right. on, right. Paul? And, you know, it's crazy because... There's already precedent in many states that you do require, on the one hand, you do require vaccination for healthcare workers in a healthcare setting for certain diseases. On the other hand, many states allow you to show, I have the disease, I have antibodies, so I don't need the vaccine. And yet with COVID, it's become so political that we don't even discuss natural immunity, even though... Uh, the CDC's own folks have gone out and shown we have 92% of people that either have antibodies from vaccination or getting COVID and recovering. We don't get to talk about it here. Well, uh, it's crazy. It really is. And if you need advice, that's why I love to have you on. He's Paul Siegert, managing partner at PCS Advisors. I want to thank you so much, Paul. And when I lead the division of the country and I start America USA and I turn over the USSA to the Soviets that are now in control, I want you to be my health care advisor in my new country. You agree? Count me in. Very good. Paul Seeger, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. We'll be back. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. Mr. Cab Driver won't stop to let me. Yeah, I, I think, thankfully we don't have cabs. I love Uber. I love the way uh, I love the way we've gotten rid of those cabs that had a monopoly on it. Plus, I like to meet the drivers. Yet everyone I meet, every driver, I have yet to meet a Democrat driver. <laughs> I don't think they like making money. Miles, two ninety four. Hey, Sean. You know Illinois is at war with its employers, and it has a workers' compensation act, section eleven. It says the employers who mandate these vaccines are going to be liable under workers' compensation benefits for any illness or result. So these companies that went along with the mandate, they may rue the day when the bills start rolling in for complications from COVID vaccines. 
Miles, you know what is astonishing to me? I know somebody, and everybody that I know knows somebody who's had an adverse effect of some form or another. Now, some are mild, and some are severe. But you know what? When I was talking to this young family member today, nobody knows what it's going to look like in five years, in ten years. Nobody knows what the hell they're putting in their body. And they're taking the word of the most successful liars in our country called politicians, and somebody's going to have to pay for this. And I love the fact that there's a provision in there that says that. What was it? I want to write it down again. Tell me what provision it is. I'm going to look it up. Section 11 of the Illinois Workers' Compensation Act, 820-ILCS-5-11. Uh, you are the and best, kid. What's even better is the Democrats took over, and they extended the statute of limitations for occupational diseases. So these people will be paying this money to injured workers if the symptoms don't show up for 20 bloody years. I love it. Well, so Miles, I don't know if you're an attorney, but if, if you are, you call me. We'll work out a commercial for you because I love that. And somebody should I pay. I the cases, Sean. Sean, I've yeah. spent 37 years fighting the people who stepped off a pallet wrong and wanted to see, be permanent totals. I'm on the other side. Oh, I love you even more now. Thank you, Miles. I appreciate it. Take care of yourself. I so appreciate it. He's talking about my friend's father. Conned GM, stepped off the pallet, never worked again, used to spend his days shopping, making fun of his kid who got a job. Now, listen, if you're on the line, stay there. Mike on the south side, David and Lansing, I'm going to take all of your calls. But there's a reason that I wanted to have Paul Seeger on. You see, when we talk about the failures in the American healthcare system, they're undeniable, all right? You've got more than half of the country, more than half, have no intensive care beds of this country. You've had over 136 rural hospitals that have gone under since Obamacare. You see what happens when government has a hand in, any, in anything. We now know what it looks like when they try to take care of their people. You see the south side of Chicago. What is the biggest problem? Government helping them, and it's terrible. So now imagine being in a third-world hellhole. That's why I support Food for the Poor. Those kids are the real victims. What I like about Food for the Poor is that your money goes to those kids. Okay? This is an extremely incredible, incredible group. Over the last 39 years, $17 billion in aid directly to the children. They have their own infrastructure. They have their own system. Food for the Poor is the kind of organization that you must support. So please do yourself a favor. Go to am560theanswer.com slash food for the poor. Make a donation. 37 bucks feeds a kid for six months. 185, five kids, six months. And if you want to be a benefactor, you know what to do. Call Ann Jeanette. I'm going to take the rest of your calls and comments when I get back. Um, in the meantime, I want to thank you very much. I'm trying to find Ann Jeanette's phone number. Where's Ann Jeanette's phone number? I lost Anjanette's phone number. Damn it, here it is. Anjanette's phone number, 847-472-8951. $2,500 gets you 40 one-minute commercials read right here between 5 in the morning and 8 in the evening. Not to mention it's tax-deductible. But there, you're helping 65 kids. It's, a, it's an incredible charity. You heard, you heard the wonderful man on it. I highly recommend you support it. I'll be back to take the rest of your calls after this. Scott, 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 Scott,
Thanks for making me laugh, Carlene. I needed it. I got a very upsetting phone call during that break, and I will tell you all about it as the Democrat shopping spree has now spread to the suburbs. Elmhurst, a boutique, a woman's boutique, inhabited by an older woman who happens to be a relative of mine, my aunt. She was just robbed by Democrat scum. Scum. Who go in and they rob women. They loot stores because... After all, the government says you could steal now. We're going to let you steal $1,000. I called, uh, for once, I was a little upset that I wasn't in the sewer. Because I'd love for them to walk in the cigar store. Because I'm always locked and loaded. I called the cigar store to lock the front door. And the wonderful employee says, oh, don't worry. I got four guys back here that are locked and loaded. They hope somebody walks in. See, that's what we're going to have to do. You You can't call the police. They're already gone. They're gone. Can you identify them? Yeah, they were Democrats. They came in, they robbed everything, they took off, laughing, laughing, and they jumped in a very expensive car. Yet when you trace back where their income is, it's all welfare. Hmm. That's how you know you're living in a Democrat stronghold. Anthony McHenry. Yes, Sean, I, I'm so sorry to hear about that, about your aunt. Thank you. Um, I appreciate I, that. I had another comment to make. I'm aggravated that I'm here because I'd be on the street myself. I can't I believe I it. It's just so disgusting. It's so disgusting. You go in, they go to a store, they see that there's a woman in there, and that it's a little boutique in a nice area, and they go in and they rob it, and God knows what they said to her. They stuck a gun in her face. You and know you know, It should be illegal to walk into a store with a face mask. I don't care what the pandemic is. You're hiding your identity. You shouldn't be able to walk in public with a face mask on. But my comment was, yeah. That Miles, I know him, he's a very reputable defense lawyer. I spent 36 years on the other side representing honest, legitimately injured workers, and I quit because of the nonsense. I retired. What the nonsense was going on in McHenry, in all uh, the counties, basically. Yeah. But my yeah. comment is this, that you cannot codify, either by statute or contract, immunity for negligent or willful and wanton conduct. And we all know that all the testing and everything that's been done with all these so-called vaccines, you're going to find out that they intentionally hit data, they intentionally put out information that was wrong, and that's going to be the basis of lawsuits. You, I love you it. Can't, you cannot create a statute or a contract that protects people from intentional conduct. It, it's never been uh, in common law or precedent all across the country. You know what I love about this call? I believe that I just brought together a prosecutor and a defense attorney on my show that agree. Isn't this not, is this something? This is where great minds come to meet. When it's, when it's right, it's right, like you always say. It's not Democrat or Republican. When you stand for what's right, it's what's right. I love so it, Anthony. I appreciate you very much. God bless you, Sean. Thank, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Anthony. I appreciate that. I'm going to be I'm going to be fried all night, not just because... Somebody I love was robbed. That's upsetting enough, but that I wasn't there to shoot somebody in the forehead. I'm silly that way. Mike on the south side. Hey, hey Sean, how's it going? Good. I'm angry, but good. Good. I'm glad you're angry. So uh, <laughs> on, uh, I told you a call screener on, on Monday. I called Amazon to go return something. And the person uh-huh. who answers the phone's in South Africa. So I have this conversation with the guy, and we're talking, <laughs> and we know it's all a bunch of BS. And I told this guy, I said, you know, five months ago, before they had the Delta mutation, they actually had a, a, a British mutation, 
a South African mutation, a Brazilian mutation, and one in Germany. And yeah. I'm like, well, so now they got the new one. And and, and I'm like, you know. It's like Oprah. Everybody gets India. a variant. I like it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, so, so in India, there's a region of 220 million people, and they eradicated COVID. They had a 5% jab rate. They were using therapeutics, COVID gone. Oh, that's a mystery. It's a mystery. You know why, Mike? That there, there's no trillion dollar payoffs that you give the pharmaceutical companies after you make them held harmless, and then they give you what thirty percent back in campaign contributions. See, that's how oh. it really works. That's what this is really about. And also, every time there's a new variant, no one talks about where it originally came from. You gotta love that. And, and I'm not Instead, getting, I got yeah, Fauci. I gotta look jab. at this pickle face behind the podium like an expert, rather than the dirty son of a dog that invested in the thing in the first place. Haul his dirty derriere off to prison and put him behind prison where they behind bars where they can take advantage of that Botox kisser of his. That's what I think, Mike. And, and you know, and I ain't getting a jab because you know what? It's not compatible with my operating system. <laughs> I love it very much. And nobody knows if it's going to be in five years, and nobody gave it enough thought. Let alone for the Viagra that keeps those Democrat mafia members like Ed Burke and Mike Madigan on Rush Street. They had to study that for 10 years. This thing they want you to put in yourself, in your kid, nah, they don't, they're not worried about it. They'll study it when it's in you. David Lansing. Hey, Sean. You know, it's almost come to the point where... When you start to sound happy, I think something's wrong. So I think you're back to normal. <laughs> Thank you. I'm happy because I, I, I'm just picturing the three uh, the three guys in my in my store right now prancing around as they put one in the chamber, looking for somebody to come in. I hope they lured them in and, and and put the old lady in the front so they think she's all alone. That's what I hope. All right. I, I call I call about something separate. Uh, all right. Go ahead. The, the term uh, the left is good at manipul good. They're expert at manipulating everybody with the changes, these slight changes in wording and everything. So the word mandate, I couldn't put my finger on it for a while, but I got two possible purposes of this. Mandate sounds really nice and benign, like non-threatening, not like the words like order or dictate which is what it is. It's an yeah. order and a dictate. Uh -huh. It's mandate. Oh, it's mandate. But here's the second thing that I just realized yesterday. Break it down. Mandate. Do you think they're playing to the LGBTQ crowd? I think Man. you just made George Costanda's lecture on manure yeah. sound interesting. You're, I appreciate oh. the calls, but you are the worst joke teller Come on. since Tom from oh. Deerfield. Thank you, Deer Park, wherever the hell they have morons from. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, I have to tell you, that is just a real pickle, because what you're seeing now is the Democrat scum from Cook County go west, young man, go west. And they're trying to have the same success they had in Cook County and DuPage and the rest of the counties. I only hope they meet the fate they deserve. And in the meantime, Cook County, how's that going? Well, it's about as you'd expect. They uh, just reached murders that they haven't gotten to in 27 years, and that's not including the ones that they were able to drag over the county line for number cooking. 2020. We've obviously failed. We failed as a community. We 2020. We've obviously failed. We failed as a community. We failed as a city. For months now, we've been hearing about Chicago's worsening violence problem, and tonight we have the numbers to prove it. The Cook County Medical Examiner's Office says it has registered more than 1,000 homicides for the first time in a quarter century. Anthony Pulse live tonight with the reaction to that shocking statistic. Anthony? 
Yeah, really bad stats to report tonight, Corey and Don. We're 11 months into 2021, and we are on pace to uh, have one of the deadliest years when it comes to homicides in the history of the city of uh, Chicago. Uh, Now factor in the robberies, the looting, the carjackings, the beatings, and all the rest of it. And the government's only job in this country, the only job is to protect the citizen the law-abiding citizen, not the perpetrator, not the predator, where the Democrat mafia sides with each and every time. And the idea we sit idly by as peanut head Kim Fox and the rest of the Democrat mafia from Washington, D.C. all the way to California. They have the same exact agenda to enrich, enrich and protect the scourge among us. That's why I tell you what. I love the fact that I don't wait for anybody to protect me. I do. The only thing I'm really upset about isn't that my aunt was robbed, is that I wasn't standing there with her. That's what I'm really upset about. And until these dogs are treated the way they should be, instead of rewarded, we're going to get worse and worse and worse in these Democrat mafia hellholes. 312-642-5600. like this it's like johnny dollar i can't decide what that song is but i like it um <laughs> i am reflecting on uh this show i can't believe show's almost over fastest show on radio i really believe that i'm thinking about jim that call we had from chicago and how he said you know there were nuanced differences before between democrats and republicans and i'm thinking about what we're facing and i remember every issue what we talk about why in the world would people chant for philosophies they knew failed? And the answer is because it makes them God among men when they control the government. That's what we're facing when we face the modern day calling themselves Democrat, but I call it a Marxist mafia. And I want you to never forget the kind of people we're dealing with are people that can justify evils that good people cannot even imagine. This case is the first time in 50 years, 50 years, that the court is hearing a case that directly challenges Roe versus Wade. Now, let me tell you, I am one of the one in four women who have had an abortion. Cheer for that Let me tell you, I remember when abortion was criminalized before Roe versus Wade. But you know what? I survived. Many the baby didn't. Did not you did. Survive, especially black women. Yeah. The baby so I was know black. Personally, personally, how devastating the consequences of restrictive abortion laws can be. We cannot and we will not go back to those days. No way. So let's be clear, as you know and say over and over again, abortion is essential. Every person should have the freedom to decide to Listen to this word, Sally. They want to control their... You killed your own baby, you scum. That's what we're dealing with. If they're willing and able and chant for slaughtering their own kid, do you think they care about a woman in a clothing store? Do you think they care about right and wrong? They don't care about anything but power and control. These are the roaches that we call Democrats in America today. The audacity of this scum celebrating murdering her her own child should be charged with a murder as far as I'm concerned. And it's not that involuntary stuff. 
she directed it. Because I think kids are important. All kids. All colors. That's why I support Food for the Poor, and I ask you to do the same. You think these roaches care about kids? They just use them as pawns to pry more money from more people. That's all we are to them. Pawns. I had a great time. I will be back tomorrow, and unfortunately, I cannot go hunting for scourge that robbed my aunt, but I can pay somebody to do so. See you tomorrow. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.